Uh, Corinne Heggie has a calming presence on me. Corinne, how are you doing today? I'm great, John. It's good to be here. You are, uh, yes, and it's great to see you too. You're a wonderful person. How's John, your husband? John's wonderful. He's good. He sends hello to you. Yeah, we just chatted on Your Money Matters, talking wills, trusts, all sorts of other things. And the phone lines always light up when you guys are on. Or text in questions to 312-981-7200. You're from Heggie Walkner Law Firm. People can go to HeggieLaw.com for everything we're about to talk about. 847-272-7360. We'll say that number a few more times. Um, but you do a lot of things with estate planning, uh, business planning, all sorts of things. And you wrote this really sweet article in the Daily Herald about your in-laws. And you always have such a great way with words and using your family as an inspiration to kind of talk about what you do. And I think that's so great. It's approachable because these are really tough conversations to have sometimes. So your in-laws seem like they are and were very sweet people. Oh, they're they're the best. Boy, was I was I so lucky that when I married John, I got the Haggies as part of the part of the deal. And it seems genuine. Um, but as life goes on, obviously there's changes. But luckily for them, they had kind of addressed things before things took turns. I'm kind of like beating around it a little bit. Why don't you tell us a little bit about their story? Right. So. Um, my in-laws, Joe and Marietta Haggy, met in the 1950s in middle school. Oh, my gosh. Um, they were seated. Uh, my father-in-law sat in front of my mother-in-law, and um, the rest is history. Isn't that crazy, by the way? Like, fate would just put those two next to each other, and then here they are with a loving life and kids and grandkids and everything? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love those stories. I, I, candidly, I don't know who doesn't, but it, it, it just it, – they're the best, the mm. best stories. And so, um, you know, my my father in law passed away in 2017, and it, it came quickly apparent to the family that lovingly, Joe had been covering from from Marietta for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, there had been decline, probably steeper decline than everyone wanted to see. Oh, in her in her mental acuity and, and what was happening. Exactly, her mental acuity. Yeah, thank you, John. Um, and her. She and Joe had the foresight to have an estate plan. So when the unexpected happened, her relief team and her estate planning documents just stepped in to allow her to grieve and, and be as comfortable, right, as someone can be when they lose their life's partner. And and everyone else did the rest, was able to help with the legal questions, the financial questions, and, and really get Marietta positioned to be on good ground now that she was alone. Right. So you said did estate planning. What does that mean? What if, what had they done to, to, to set up that future to be okay? Right. So estate planning means a lot of different things, but I'm going to tell you that they were brave enough, and I'm going to use the word brave. They were brave enough to have a conversation about what property they owned, how they owned it, and who they wanted to help them make decisions about the property when they couldn't use the property anymore or when they couldn't make decisions about the property anymore. And what does that entail? What sorts of things are in that? I mean, is it just a trust? Is it a will and a trust? Are there powers of attorney? Like, What are the components that build up that plan, that, that stability? Right. So the plan is based on a couple of different documents once you have that discussion, right? Once you're brave enough to have that discussion about what do I own, who's going to help me, and where does it go when I'm no longer living? So in their situation, they had powers of attorney, one for health, they had powers of attorney for healthcare. So they had people in place to make decisions for them about 
medical decisions. Mm-hmm. They had property power of attorney, someone in place to make decisions about paying bills, life insurance, paying the property tax bill if they couldn't do it for themselves. Um, and taking a step further, they had a will in place. So there was an executor, the person who's in charge of getting property where you say it should go in your will when you die. They had a will. And they also had a trust, which held their property, right? They had a trust and they filled it with their property. Mm-hmm. And the reason why then that becomes so important, and you mentioned this, the relief team as well, is because in a situation where a spouse passes and you all find out that maybe the, the, the surviving spouse wasn't doing quite as well as you had thought, uh, there had maybe been some decline that had been covered, as you said, by the husband, is that the relief team is already named, right? Like that's all part of what's already been established. It's not, well, now she's got to start from scratch with this, right? It takes confusion totally out of the game. Why do you say brave? What what about it is brave? Is it because it is a frightening thing to talk about or an awkward thing to talk about? I think bravery is the term to use, John, because we're talking about a mortality. We're talking about maybe when we can't make decisions for ourselves. And that's a terribly frightening thought for most people. Yeah. And oftentimes, and I'm sure you've heard really sad stories. I'm sure we all have in our lives. We all, and we see celebrities in these situations too, where when it gets to the point where decisions need to be made, uh, really often it's decisions need to have been made years ago. Like it's not saying it's too late to do something, but in many cases it's, it's much later than you would want these decisions to be made. Yeah. A lot of times the decisions are being made late in the game and, and it just puts the team, the relief team or the team, the spouse, the family, whomever is is on the you know the person's trusted advisors, puts you on the on your heels, right? And you're not flat footed, and you make good decisions or maybe cl- more clear minded decisions when you're flat footed and you're there and you're weight centered and you can be nimble. When you're back on your heels, sometimes emotion comes in and fear and, and a lot of things because again we're human, right? And a lot of that is even if let's say all you know, your acuities are there, you're grieving. You're grieving the loss of someone. And we know that grief la- lasts for a long time. It's it's not just the three days of the funeral. And then it's, it, it's a long time. So that's not when you want to be making critical decisions. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. 312-981-7200 is our phone number if you have questions. I remember the last time you came on, we were answering so many great questions. So if you have any, 312-981-7200, that's our text line too. If you want to reach Corinne or John, you can call 847-272-7360. And that's a free consultation, right? You'll talk through talk through it with people. Well, we offer everyone a free consultation. Um, and it, even if you have a st- an estate plan in place, powers of attorney, a will, a trust, We'll happily put fresh eyes on the plan for you. Yeah. Second opinions are good in the medical world. They're also good in the legal world, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 847-272-7360 is their number. HeggyLaw.com. That's H-E-G-G-I-E Law.com. We'll do more with Corinne after this, Sarah, on WGN. 720 WGN. Corinne Heggie from Heggie Walker Law Firm. We've been talking about wills and trusts and you know making sure you're prepared and do it now when everybody's healthy. And that's so important. And we talked a little bit about powers of attorney. I think that phrase scares people. And I think it might be because we see TV shows and legal shows where people feel like their lives are taken over because they signed a power of attorney. Are you still in the driver's seat when you have a power of attorney? 
you are, John. You're still in the driver's seat. So let's, you know, let's uh, flip the script on that, uh-huh. if you will. Can you narrowly focus like what what powers of attorney you're you're allowing other people to have, and what the circumstances are? Can they be broad? How do they work? Yep, powers of attorney, be it for healthcare or a power of attorney for property, they can be tailored to the property you own and your goals and 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 the parameters you want to set for that person who's going to set shotgun with you if you can't drive yourself. Right. And when you say like property, powers of attorney or property, uh, if you don't do something like that and someone's getting past the point where they can kind of make those decisions, can that person write a will? Like, I mean, at what point does, if you haven't signed a power of attorney to, to someone responsible, that you're really, uh, you're really in trouble? Yeah. I mean, the ship has sailed probably at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you, if there is someone who is on the decline and there's questions, about their ability to appreciate the decisions they're making about their money, the bills they're paying, it's going to be very hard, one, for them to sign a power of attorney to name a trusted adult or even be able to sign a will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't just say, oh, you know, this person can't make these decisions. I need to make them for them. Maybe kids think that of their parents that are aging. They say, well, when the time comes, I'll step up to the plate and I'll be able to fix this. And and then they find out that that's maybe not the case. Right. I mean, there's a lot that a, a trusted family member, spouse, child, you know, neighbor can do. But there's a lot that the custodians, and when I say custodian, John, I mean banks, life insurance companies, employers will do to protect themselves as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because they need to make sure that they're dealing with the right person mm-hmm. and their backs might go up if they're like, I'm waiting to talk to Corinne. So who is this? Who's this other person? Who's this Paula? Right. Why is Paula calling? Mm-hmm. And then you moved into their compliance lane. Again, not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. What's your relationship to this person? Present your power of attorney. Right. And then there's some exposure there. The layers of the onions are coming back. Mm-hmm. And you might have find yourself, again, what we talked about, being back on your heels. Right. Even though Paula, right in my in my example, had the best of intentions. Of course, right. These are people that are desperate to help. And then they find out they may not be able to help as much as they thought they could. And this is, I'm not trying to scare people into these situations, but I'm sure you've heard them and they're heartbreaking. And there comes a point where there isn't anything you can do at that point. Right. Now, listen, it's, we've been talking a lot about fear here, John. Right. But I want to, I kind of want to take one step back and say, just know your rights. Right. We're so fortunate to live in a democracy where people have the ability, everyone has the ability who's 18 and older to sign these documents and make decisions about who's going to help them if they can't make decisions for themselves and where you want the property that you probably worked your tail off for Mm -hmm. or you inherited from someone you loved, where you want it to go when you can no longer enjoy it. You mentioned 18 or older. We talked about this before about powers of attorney for college students and I remember before we chatted about it, that kind of blew my mind. I thought, why would you ever need it? And of course, it's for the circumstances that you don't even want to envision or talk about. But walk us through why maybe people, as you know, their kids come back for Thanksgiving break from college, they're a freshman. 
Why should they chat with them maybe about the idea of a power of attorney for an 18-year-old? Right. Well, your 18-year-old is, is an adult in the eyes of the law. And so that doesn't mean you can waltz into the doctor's office or call the school or call the employer and say, what's going on with the grades? Or has Corinne been, been at school or has she been at work? Or what happened at the doctor's appointment? Um, they're 18. They're an adult. And so it doesn't mean you can be cu- you're going to get cut out of the discussion. Mm-hmm. But if you approach your 18-year-old and say, hey, listen, you're an adult in the eyes of the law. You've got some rights now. Mm-hmm. And and you can name people if you get into a jam to help you with medical care and property. Let's, you know, think about it. Right. Does and, that happen very often or no? Or do you think that it's a conversation that's just starting to become more legit, com- the conversations that people are comfortable with having with their kids going off to college? You know, I, I think they're happening. I know they're happening because we have clients who mm-hmm. come in the office to do this work. So I know they're happening. Right. Could they be happening more often? Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely didn't sign anything about that when I went to college. I'm sure my parents, I didn't even have that discussion. I think it's because a lot of parents don't even think that that's an option or like don't even realize that that is something that to consider. I had a great question with the 815. Do powers of attorney cross state lines? That's a great question. If a power of attorney is properly executed in, in a line with, the, with Illinois' laws, I'm going to just use Illinois because that's where we sit here. I'm an Illinois licensed lawyer. Uh-huh. It's going to be recognized in other states. Okay. So as long as it followed the law, the way it was done was great. We're getting calls in right now, of course, right as we're wrapping on up, which is great. I'm glad people are interested. I'm sorry we couldn't answer all their questions here today. The best way to reach you guys, 847-272-7360, right? Exactly. That's our phone number, yeah. I'm going to do it one more time because it's radio. 847-272-7360 or heggylaw.com. That's H-E-G-G-I-E law.com. Corinne, thanks so much for stopping on by. We've got questions on the line already. Why don't we make sure that they get Corinne's information? Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. John, thanks for having me. It was always good to see you. As always. We'll take a break, then we'll wrap things up here on Let's Get Legal.